Testing, testing, one, two, three. Welcome back, everybody. I am your boy, Mark Ryan, and welcome to another episode of Talking with Teachers on the Questioning Mark podcast. And I'm here with my boy, Luke. I was going to say Nuke for a second. Lost my train of thought. That actually sounds a lot cooler. All right. Luke, introduce yourself after that. What's up, dude? Yeah, what's happening, everybody? Uh, Luke here. So I'm a DP teacher at Raha International School. And I started here at the same time as Mark. That's right. We got off the same bus. Is that how you introduce yourself to people in general? Like you walk up and they're like, what do you do? You're just used to like spinning out the, the job title right away. Listen, man, we're international teachers. We meet new people all the time. Yep. I pretty much identify myself by uh, when I got here, my profession and uh, how long I intend to stay. Because I know those are always the first questions that are asked, so you just get them out of the way, right? Right. Yeah. Looks like my podcast questions for the rest of the interview are going to be sorted right away because that's exactly what I wrote down. No, not completely. But if you look back on the time that we arrived in 2015 here in Abu Dhabi, um, my beginning feeling was, well, when I look back to those beginning feelings, it's not so happy. There was a lot of rough, kind of stuff going on. It was a lot of driving to borders and visa runs. What do you look, what, is it, what does that look back look like to you? Uh, well, it's interesting you say that because uh, my overall impression of that time wasn't so positive either. And one of the reasons for that is that, you know, I, I came overseas in 2010 and I actually landed in this, in this city. And uh, it was just such a massive adventure for me. And I was working in a really small Canadian school, and there, everybody was from my province. And what I province knew, is that? Uh, Nova Scotia, Canada. There we go. And, uh, you know, I, I actually knew some people through, you know, extended friends and family and Facebook, of course. And that was a three-year sort of introduction to the world, and it was just such a massive adventure for me. And I made all kinds of friends, and... Uh, you know, we spent a lot of time at captains and stuff like that. You know, it wasn't as rigorous as it is here in terms of workload. Okay. And I met my wife there. And then we flew off to China for a two-year adventure. And we had student loans and stuff to pay. So we kind of, you know, hunkered down in China, saved a bunch of money. But we still got to fly all around Far East Asia and stuff like that. Right. So I'm coming off, um, basically getting off the plane back in Abu Dhabi. Lauren and I have sort of this rough plan mapped out of, you know, okay, so now I guess we're going to, you know, try to sort of dig into a, a nice school and, and, you know, sort of develop ourselves professionally. Maybe there's a baby coming in the pipeline at some right. point. We just gotten married. Our, our student loans were pretty much wiped off. And so here we are, man. You know, we're back in Abu Dhabi. We know the city. It, it's not so much about the crazy life adventure anymore. It's, it's more about, okay, let's, let's see if we can eke out a bit of a life for ourselves. Um, but we came crashing in here and uh, we had uh, some apartment difficulties. Right. And, uh, and then it was my first experience in the IB. So I'm learning all of that. And uh, the workload was intense because I'd been working in sort of some backwater schools, right? And uh, the workload for her was intense. She was at a British school in town. And uh, because of the, the difficulties that we had for the first couple months with all the visa runs and, you know, learning these uh, rigorous systems and as well as some apartment problems, it was like, wow, man, you know, uh, the first five years we had a really good time. But I guess, you know, now is really like when we have to start getting a taste of real life again. So right. 
Um, the adventure is over. The <laughs> adventure. <laughs> Life is over. It's time to get to work, folks. Right. No. Um, so develop that professional CV. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it was it was, you know, at the time it wasn't so fun. But um, in the end, it was um, it was it was a good challenge. And, and we settled in nicely. And I've learned a lot. Yeah. And we had a little conversation just before we started now. And you mentioned how you guys are settling in nicely and all that kind of stuff. Right. Well, you know, I'm married. We have a two-year-old now. Um, I'm happily, you know, settling into the DP here at Raha. Obviously, you know your wife's going to listen to this podcast or something. That's right. Learn That's why. Angle. Did I say happily too much? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, but no, no, things are good. Things are good now. So, right. but yeah, it's interesting that you say that because I look back at that time too and it was pretty rocky. All right. Well, yeah, it's, I think we shared some, some moments of turmoil there a little bit. So I, I could kind of sense that maybe you're going to be on the same boat as me, but... I do share some of those things that you just said as well. And I want to go back to something that you talked about with, you know, new to the IB. And I was, I was pretty new to the IB as well when I joined Raha International School. I had been at a school that was transitioning, and I had done a lot of research before coming into the IB so I could kind of talk the talk, but I had no idea how to implement a lot of that stuff or make that real. Um, so you're really good at interviews, essentially. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> I pretty much just sat down and threw down the essential agreement right away. Like, this is the essential agreement of the interview. Let's get going. Yeah. Um, how about you? Like, what would you suggest if there was someone listening to this podcast and they're thinking about going overseas and then especially jumping into an IB school? What would be the one thing that you'd be like, you know what, just wrap your head around this and you'll be all right? Is there something? Oh, oh man, geez. Um, Wrap your head around the first year teaching IB, folks. That's all I can say. You Would know, there be like grab a, a mentor? Was there someone that was you were constantly going in their room and being like, "Yeah, what does this look like? Like in real life, show me." Sure, sure. So I actually had a really supportive crew here. Yeah, Trina, Jen, you guys listening? Hello. There um, we go. They, testing, testing. <laughs> yeah, they kind of uh, took me under their wing, and they were like, "Okay, so you know, in in Jen fashion, she would storm into my room and slam a bunch of stuff on my desk, say you need to do this, this, and this, and sort of walk out." And then I'd go running over to Trina and she'd be like, she'd give me a uh, hundred files and say, okay, well, we're going to start here, here, and here, boom, boom, boom. But no, it was baptism by fire, man. And okay. uh, it's funny that you say that you knew the lingo and the terminology at first. Yeah. I didn't know anything. Right. I, I, I was just trying to... So I, somehow I, you coasted through the interview. <laughs> yeah, I did. You know, there was something about me they picked up on. Uh, it, a willingness it, actually, to learn. Actually, I have one thing I want to say. Yeah. If you have no IB experience and you're still a fairly new teacher, like first five years, like I was, um, the one thing in the interview they said that sort of uh, they found appealing about my resume was just the fact that I was involved in so many different types of extracurriculars. So, guys, if you... Hi, Allison. Guys, if you're listening... We got people outside the podcast throwing up signs. I know. I, I'm totally throwing straight off right now. Yeah. Um, no, but... At um, least you remembered her name. That's that's the key. Like I, I didn't even get your name right. Yeah, the that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to work on that, Mike. Oh yeah. But anyways, um, no. What I would say is, you know, I'm an English and history teacher, so I'm in dime a dozen. You know what I mean? Okay. When I go to a job fair, all of my jobs are already taken, so I'm actually already I'm I'm sort of trying to look for other jobs I can eke into, so that all someday right. I can teach my job. Um, when we came to the job fair in Dubai, and when I landed this one, um, Lauren had three or four different options. I had nothing. I had a note from Raha saying, very interested, meet us at 2 p.m. Right. And when I, after the interview was done, 
Sharon Thompson at the time said, you know, what really drew us to your resume was your varied extracurriculars. You know, I just threw myself into everything over my first five years of teaching. I was okay. doing like Christmas concerts and football and uh, rock shows and just everything I get my hands on. And, and that's what got me in the door. So I guess what I would say is, guys, if you're coming into the IB, just put your head down, be humble, keep your minds open, learn a lot, but be prepared to work hard. But in terms of getting into the IB, yeah, try to have um, as varied a resume as possible if you are a dime a dozen teacher like me. There we go. Okay, that no, I think that's solid advice. And it leads me to a point I was going to go to later, but let's let's jump into it now. What are the hobbies, the interests, the things that you go to after work that are your, you know, the ones that have stayed the test of time? You know, they are just kind of a part of you. What are those things? Sure. Um, podcasts. Are they? Podcasts. What do you listen to? I listen to Jordan Peterson. Okay. Stefan Molyneux. Sometimes Joe Rogan. Oh, love the Rogan. Love the Rogan. You're the Rogan of Raha, right? Yeah, <laughs> well, that's why I base... I, I, if I'm going to give any of the credit to why I'm doing podcasts or how I do them... It would be following Joe Rogan's footsteps and just getting out there talking to people and just letting the conversation go as it as as it does. Um, and I, and I think that's that's the reason I tune into those kinds of podcasts just for him, like just the idea that he has this willingness to learn yeah. and this interest to learn about so many topics and so many people. And I find that in myself as well. So. Shout out to Joe Rogan. I'll tag you in the, in sure. the comments below there, buddy. Hey, Joe Rogan. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. He started off so small. It's just a hobby he wanted to do once a week with, you know, guys in the in the MMA world, right? right. But it, it just, it picked up. And then other people got interested because they were listening and they wanted to sign on to the show. Let's pause there. MMA, September, Abu Dhabi. Are you going? Didn't even know about it. Whoa. Boom. Didn't His even, you know mind what? blown during the <laughs> podcast. All right. I think it's... I want to say 242, but that might be the wrong number. I'm not sure what the number we're on right now. But the UFC is coming to the heart of the Middle East, Abu Dhabi, in September. You got to check it out. That's Which crazy. Is, now that you know about it, are you gonna are you gonna put your ear to the ground and try to find? I'm out about interested. Tickets? I'm yeah. interested. I got a full plate right now with a oh. toddler and stuff like that. But you know, I'm interested. Wow. The toddler. Yeah. You don't even get one night out. No, I get a, I get a night out, but I have to choose carefully. See, the UFC is priorities. Appealing. <laughs> it's appealing, but like you know, in my twenties, I one of my best friends fought in the MMA, so I sort of traveled around Canada with him, going to different, uh, you know, going to his events. Can we have a shout out? Who, who are we talking about? Oh, I'm right talking now? about Ricky Goodall. Okay. Uh, Ricky Goodall, Nova Scotia, Canada. Hey, Rick, how you doing, buddy? Um, he no longer fights. Okay. Uh, he had probably a good 30 fights, and I just kind of tagged along with him. That's and awesome. Got to see the inside a little bit, but no, I, I haven't really, you know, I haven't been into the UFC since then. But, uh, you know, you're going to have to work on your Rogan lean here, man. You, you know, you kind of got one elbow on the table, but I, I don't, you got you to gotta slunch your shoulders up like this. And you gotta, I don't have the triceps or the biceps or the... I, I think he's just leaning to support his massive upper body. That's right. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't have the same physique. Um, I did hope to do that one time. Were you ever big into going to the gym and weightlifting and stuff? In the end of my high school days, I tried. Obviously, it didn't work, but... How about you? What do you mean it didn't work? Like I, I just couldn't, uh, I couldn't keep that momentum of just wanting to build a physique. You know, it's sure. a, it's a lot of work. It's it's a lifetime sure. endeavor because sure. it's like for me, I'm I'm a runner, so I can keep running, right? And that's kind of something that I'm pushing as a lifetime kind of thing. Getting into the gym, 
pumping iron, hey man, do you lift kind of deal. I, I couldn't keep that going. Sure. It's interesting you say you're a runner because yeah. you're a pretty lean guy, right? And you got some good height. I'm really top heavy, like my my, uh, my torso is heavy and I got these little tiny chicken legs. And uh, you know, one thing that really- I'll throw a picture in the, for, the, for the podcast online so people can see. <laughs> you should, yeah, yeah, yeah. Make a meme out of it or, or like, uh, I'll Photoshop one, send it to you, but- There we go. No, um, you know, I always had sort of big arms and big shoulders. And I remember when I was in early high school, in the summer, I, I went out with some friends and I was doing stuff I shouldn't have been doing. I got grounded for two weeks in the middle of summer vacation. So I just went to the store and I picked up Rocky 1 and then I loved it. So then I went down, I picked up Rocky 2 and that week I watched all five of them. At the time there were only five, right? So uh, I was just pumped up with the music in my head. And uh, I thought, you know, if, if he can do that, I can. You know, it, I, so I got a weight bench, uh, I started going to the gym. Uh, I got a speed bag, I got a punching bag, you know, I didn't, my parents did. I, I chipped in, but I was mowing lawns at the time, I didn't have that much money. Right. But yeah, no, that started like when I was 16, and uh, I went to the gym pretty regularly pumping iron until I was about 26, 27. Wow. Yeah, but then at that time there was a switch in my mind, you know, I was just tired of the rat race of, of trying to build myself up. Oh, and by the way, I was one of those guys in high school and early university, never worked his legs. And it looks ridiculous, guys. There you it go. It looks ridiculous. Don't skip legs day. <laughs> Don't skip legs. It's so important. Right. But a switch happened when I was uh, 27, 28. And I, I, I realized how awesome running was. All right. So I, I got away from the gym. I started running. I slimmed right, right down. And I started training for a uh, half marathon. But, you know, I'm so injury prone in my hip and my legs. Yeah. And I'm just wondering how much, you know, you said that you weren't really drawn to the gym. I yeah. bulk up fast in my torso because right. I, I'm naturally kind of top heavy. But I'm just one. I always wonder, you know, the biology of you and I. Right. You know, are you more, is your body type more uh, geared toward this type of activity and mine toward a different one? You know? Yeah. I, I wouldn't know about my, my body type so much, and, but I do know that I grew up as a swimmer. So from sure. the age of seven to 14 I was a competitive swimmer I was probably in the pool four hours a day for five or six years straight and so when I switched to running my lungs were insane so when I would do I would do races you know I was going sub 15 5k's and I wasn't actually overly training because I just could I don't know I think I had this lung capacity and so that was how I was thinking, oh, man, this is how I, I led into running so naturally. Because it was just, it was that kind of effortless kind of thing. You know, you, you hear people, oh, I went out for 2K, 3K. And I get it that, like, you slowly have to build it up. I have to do that in almost every single sport that I do. Sure. But in running, there was a, it was a more natural kind of transition. Um, but, yeah, I think some people are built kind of just lean in general. You see their parents and they look, you know, they kind of have the yeah. same body type. And look you're at like, football players. Yeah. Right? I'm not talking about American football. But we got you know what? This podcast time is already over. 15 minutes done like that. Oh my god. I appreciate you uh, you coming in and the last thing I want to end with is for my listeners on Twitter, the Run and Rent community, you know the topic Tuesday out today is motivation. So Luke, what's your feeling about motivation? Where do you get motivated? Who motivates you? Uh, look, man. I motivate myself. So Boom. Yeah, honestly. Um Having my two-year-old son, obviously, like uh, that is sort of a new motivation that's come into my life. Like 
now I wake up every day and I just have such new purpose as you probably understand yourself. Like I just picture him in my mind when I'm, when I'm going through the grind day to day and that just gives me all the energy I need. But honestly, I, I usually picture my girls like getting out of the car, walking off to college and I'm like, later. Then <laughs> that moment, that moment's going to come way faster than you think it is. So suck up these seconds, suck up these moments. We were talking about the, the rough nights, man, about how, you know, uh, parents say polite things like, oh, he's up all night, but it's okay. And you said, no, it's actually not. And, yeah, you know, yeah, that, yeah. That's actually true. Um, but I just try to remember that these, these, these moments are going to fly by. Um, but you know what, man? Like, I just feel like whatever you believe about afterlife, whatever you believe, what, if, you, if you believe, you know, um, we're going, uh, you know, to heaven in the sense of the religions of the book, or if you believe in reincarnation, whatever you believe, it doesn't matter. Right. Whatever form you're taking, your existence right now, th this is it, man. So this, this is sort of, if life is sort of like, you know, a stage, as Shakespeare said, then you are this actor this time, right? This one time. Yep. And it's going to go really fast. I'm 38 years old, man. I'm 39 this year. You know, I can't, I don't feel that way. Right. But I am. And I know that I'm going to wake up and it's going to be 10 years later, etc. So I just feel like, you know, in the, in the roughest moments of the day, I just have to take advantage of as many seconds as I possibly can and see what I can do in this life, you know? Well, that's the idea. On that note, with all of those seconds and seizing the moment, I appreciate you taking the time to come into the Questioning Mark podcast. Be your own motivator. Enjoy the moments. Time goes by fast. UFC, September, baby. Boom. Thanks for coming in, dude. Appreciate it. Cheers. We're out.